You're now listening to the Hot Take Podcast with Stephen Blake, your source for everything fantasy football. Here are your hosts, Stephen Taroni and Blake Sullivan. Welcome to the Hot Take Podcast. My name is Stephen Taroni. Joined by me, as always, is Blake Sullivan. What is going on, Blake? How are we feeling tonight? Pretty good, man. A lot of firsts coming up on the hot take. We're going to have our first NFL player on, so be ready for some hot takes from somebody in the NFL themselves. Yeah, that's right. So tonight we're going to dive into kind of the tendencies of some of these defenses in the NFL. Um, that'll kind of help you if, you if you have, you know, a defense special teams in your roster slot. But even if you don't, I think what we're going to talk about today is really going to capture what defenses you want defenses you want to exploit and so we're going to have Eric Crocker on the show today and he is a former NFL player he played for the Jets for a little while played in AFL uh, for a little bit arena football league and uh, he actually has his own podcast right now in which he talks about uh, wide receivers and cornerbacks um, and really uh, is a great show to kind of you know, get an edge. Uh, Cause when we're looking at fantasy football, what do we have? We have metrics, we have stats and we have film. I mean, those are really the three main things we have as fantasy analysts to kind of delve into what we think about a football player. So we're going to get into some of that today. Uh, before we have Eric on Blake, man, there's some news that we got to talk about Ezekiel Elliott. It's not even the security guard thing in Vegas. So get that out of your head. That's over with. We're on to other things now. There's a contract dispute right now with the Dallas Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, essentially, you know, he has two years left on his contract, but he wants, to be, he wants this to be resolved sooner than later. I have heard there's a mutual agreement that 2020, they're going to have this resolved. But Michael Florio of NBC has, has put out and reported that Ezekiel Elliott has told people in his camp, people private to him, that he might hold out this year. And that's extremely relevant for fantasy football. So, Blake, um, does this scare you? Let's say you have Ezekiel Elliott already on your team. Maybe you have him on your dynasty squad. Are you scared by this news right now? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of teams where he's already on there. Uh, you know, my first pick in a lot of drafts this year, especially these best ball leagues that I'm getting into. Uh, it makes me a little bit nervous, but I'm not that scared because when you look at it, he's, he's making $3.5 million this year, $9.09 million next year. Right. It's not like he's getting paid a lot of money right now. He deserves to be making a lot more than that. When you look at somebody familiar to the situation with Le'Veon Bell the last couple of years and what we've had to deal with, you know, he was making $14 million trying to get 17 I don't think the Cowboys would have any problem giving Ezekiel Elliott 12 million or or 10 million to restructure this deal over the next two years if that's what it takes to keep him playing and then potentially move into an extension where you're talking about giving him maybe a three or four year extension after this deal yeah you know you talk about Le'Veon Bell and he really started this whole trend with running backs and it was even before last year before he held out I mean there was years of him wanting more than the franchise tag wanting more of a longer commitment and, uh, you know, just the, the point was, hey, look, I'm valuable to this team. 
more so than my paycheck says, uh, especially when you compare it to the wide receivers, some of the offensive linemen maybe. Uh, the running backs just have not been paid. And, of course, we've seen it recently with Todd Gurley. We've seen it with David Johnson. The contracts are going up with running backs. Now we're seeing Melvin Gordon. He, he might hold out. And then the same week, Ezekiel Elliott follows suit, and there's reports that he may hold out. So it's just co- it's a common trend. It happened with the wide receivers. I don't know if you remember, Blake, but, I mean, you know, uh, the various Thomas and these guys, like, they started, like, look, I'm going to get paid. And then the next guy was like, well, wait, why is he getting more than me? It becomes a principal thing, especially when you talk about for the position. So I think this is just another running back in line here. Um, in my opinion, the Cowboys will resolve this because they want to win football games. And Ezekiel Elliott is obviously important to that team. They're not going to make this go longer than it needs to. Um, yeah, I think the nice thing for them is, you know, hopefully they could just restructure his current deal for the next two right. years. Good point. Because uh, then that doesn't put them in a hole if something happens to Zeke or if he just falls off the face of the earth somehow, which I don't see that happening. But it protects him in that kind of scenario. And then it also protects Zeke in case he does get hurt in one of these seasons. He's still going to be getting paid. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. And I think it will be resolved sooner than later. So uh, even if they restructure it right, he eventually will um, probably get that – contract i don't think he misses time for this this year he might hold out in training camp that might be a thing but i don't think he misses time this year um at this point so we are going to get into some of these defenses to exploit we're going to talk wide receivers uh you know really who are the toughest matchups who do you want on your squad that really presents a problem for the defense. And then we're going to flip that, that coin. And, you know, where are the strengths in some of these defenses? Where are some weaknesses? Um, you know, we're going to talk about the Rams, Jaguars, and Bears, some of the best defenses in the league. When you see that on your schedule, you're like, ah, damn, I'm going up against the Bears defense this week. You know, it, but we want to really talk about, okay, but actually the Bears, you know, they can be – they can be exploited within the mid range, you know, within like those intermediate routes talking about tight end. Maybe you have a tight end on your, on your team that can actually beat the, the bears defense, or you might want to stream that position that week. It happens all the time. I remember like a couple years ago, the Seahawks were on fire. I mean, every year for like four or five years, you did not want to face the Seahawks, but for a couple years there, because they locked down wide receivers, the tight end, was used heavily against the Seahawks. Um, so I remember like Antonio Gates had three touchdowns in the game um, and he was very streamable at that time. So it, it, it does happen where these strong defenses have weaknesses. I uh, want to remind you guys about draft pros. Uh, find that on the FSGN.com. That is Blake Sullivan's website. Um, we are going to be on there uh, offering you draft service this year. So we're going to be offering video chat service during your live draft. We're very excited to offer that to you. Uh, Myself, Blake, uh, Nate Hamilton, and Jeff Lambert, we're going to be offering personalized during your draft. We're going to be there while you're on the clock. Uh, Whether it's video chat, we can do a uh, pre-draft synopsis and then go over your draft afterwards. And then, of course, take your questions during season. That is draftpros at thefsgn.com. Blake, you want to tell everyone about the Patreon page before we move on? Yeah, so we got our Patreon page set up, and the cool thing about it is actually you can win our Draft Pro service over there on Patreon with one of the tiers. 
we've got a few different tiers set up. So we have uh, one tier where you subscribe and every month we're going to give out signed merchandise. So things like our t-shirts, our hats, things that we make up for the hot take podcast. Uh, other tiers are going to be signed Jersey giveaways. So we've got a couple of those in the works right now. Uh, so basically once you get some of your friends in those tiers and they fill up, then every month we're going to be giving away jerseys. So, and it's a pretty small tier. So uh, only five people have to be in it and you've got a really good chance of winning some signed jerseys, uh, tons of giveaways from us. We're going to have discounts to other sites, to different fantasy platforms. If you like playing DFS and things like that. So definitely go over to Patreon and look up the hot take fantasy football podcast. We've got a lot of good stuff over there. Awesome. Yeah. And you can find uh, the link to that Patreon page on uh, my Twitter page at FF Professor ST3 or Blake's at Blake Sullivan FF. Awesome, bro. Before we get Eric Crocker on, I'm very excited to have him on today, Blake. We want to just talk a little RB rankings. We want to like, you know, we did our rankings a few weeks ago with Bob Lung. Uh, let's just kind of get a gauge on temperature on these running backs. Um, so let's talk about Mark Ingram. Uh, Kenyon Drake, David Montgomery, who, you know, that's our boy, and then Josh Jacobs. So Josh Jacobs kind of fluctuated a little bit because there was reports he might hold out himself. I think that's already dead and gone there. Um, so Josh Jacobs is back on the hype train as an all-purpose back this year for the Oakland Raiders. Blake, if you had to rank these guys, how would you do it? Yes, I was looking at it, and immediately I was like, well, I know exactly how I'm ranking this. Uh, but then I kind of took a look at the numbers a little bit more. And with this being a PPR format, Kenyon Drake has a lot of upside in the PPR format, getting around 50 receptions a year. Uh, it's going to be 20 or 30 more than Mark Ingram, most likely. Obviously, with having Lamar Jackson back there, you might have some RPO stuff where Ingram will come out of the backfield and still get some more receptions this year. So I'd like for that to pick up. But, you know, he's getting three or 400 more yards in him, too, through the air game. I'm still going to give first place to my boy David Montgomery. I think he's going to get enough volume to make it work, to make him the, the top guy on this list. And then I'm going to go second with Kenyon Drake. I just like that PPR upside a little bit more. Um, maybe having Ryan Fitzpatrick down there, the offense will move down the field more, too. So maybe he'll find the end zone a couple more times. Uh, and then Ingram, the really the main thing that puts him in third for me is he has a little bit more competition uh, in that backfield, whereas you're going to have Lamar Jackson running quite a bit. You've got other guys like Kenneth Dixon, Gus Edwards. Uh, all those guys can get some carries too. So I think Ingram's still going to be the lead guy, but I have concerns where if he starts to get banged up, uh, if they're giving him rest, something like that happens, he might fall down that list a little bit. And I'm going to go with Josh Jacobs in fourth, uh, mainly because I'm not confident with him enough. I haven't seen enough to put him over these other three guys just yet. And I don't think Doug Martin's going to come in and take too much of his role, but that is always a possibility. Yeah, so uh, according to Fantasy Football Calculator uh, in, a, in a PPR format, um, so we got Josh Jacobs is actually the highest or going the earliest in drafts. Uh, and then you have David Montgomery. And then you have Mark Ingram not soon after him, or not too far after him at the 406. Um, so about mid-fourth round for Mark Ingram. And then you're getting Kenyon Drake. He's actually the last at the, in the fifth round of these four. 
Uh, I think that's tremendous value on Kenyon Drake. I mean, I, I really like all four of these back backs, Blake. I mean, I'm comfortable with each of these guys. Um, I think because Josh Jacobs is the most expensive, I probably would be less inclined to get him. And, you know, that, I think that factors into my ranking here. So I definitely have him fourth. Um, I would put Drake third, even though I think there's big upside for Drake. I'm not sure if they're going to give him the workload. I do see the upside in, uh, in receptions. I'll give Mark Ingram, I would rank him second, and then I would put David Montgomery first, just like you. I mean, we know that we're both big David Montgomery fans going into this year, and I think it's for the same reasons. We think that he's going to get all of the volume that Jordan Howard got last year. So we're talking about 250 carries. I think he's going to get around, you know, 230 to 250 carries, but I also think that he's going to be used more in the passing game. That's not going to take anything away from Tariq Cohen. They're going to find ways to use Tariq Cohen, and Tariq Cohen will be fine. But they're going to give the ball a little bit more to David Montgomery because I think that he's skilled enough. Uh, it would benefit them to use him a little bit more. So I'm just talking like 30 to 35 receptions, something like that for David Montgomery, which is more than Jordan Howard did in his tenure uh, as a Chicago Bear. So I think that will just help a little bit, you know, maybe 250 to 400 yards. Uh, on in receiving game. But I think that's going to be enough. Mark Ingram's going to get a lot of volume. I've seen a lot of disrespect for Mark Ingram. Are, have you seen that, Blake? Like, you know, what are your feelings for Mark Ingram going into it? I think you kind of alluded to, uh, you know, Justice Hill and then Kenneth Dixon getting some work, Gus Edwards. Do you think there's just going to be like a committee approach or do you think he's the lead back? Oh, I think he's definitely the lead back. I think uh, it's going to be kind of a committee approach to the second uh, second string guys. They're going to try and mix them in different situations, different looks, try to have different back on the field. Uh, I think that's just going to keep the defenses guessing a little bit more when you're going to have three different runners on the field at any given time by the time you add in Lamar Jackson. Right. So I think that's really dangerous, but you know, Ingram is going to get plenty of volume. Uh, I'm just a little bit concerned that if something would happen to him where he gets injured, is he going to be able to come back and just be the guy or are they going to want to start plugging in those other guys that have filled this void maybe for a week or two? So, I mean, I have a little bit of those reservations. Uh, I'm sure a lot of other people are having those reservations, which is why his ADP is down, but I have no problem drafting him where he's at. And I honestly draft him a little bit earlier than where people are taking him right now, just because I think it's still a good value that leaves you plenty of upside. Yeah, I'm okay with Mark Ingram in my fourth or fifth round, for sure. You know, they're going to run the ball in Baltimore. Um, so, you know, they were, I believe, first in rushing attempts last year. If they weren't first, they were second with uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, so, Mark Ingram's going to get a lot of that. Yeah, Lamar Jackson's going to run. I, I don't think – I think they're going to, like, rein Gus Edwards back a little bit. Uh, they might want to use Kenneth Dix in the passing game. They want to see what they got with Justice Hill. But Mark Ingram is, is experienced, and he's kind of the guy that they've always wanted in Baltimore. Uh, he's a three-down back. He really is. So he doesn't have to come off the field. But I think, you know, it would benefit them to use all of their backs. I think he'll get all the goal line work, too. That's what really – that's why I really like the value with him, especially in a best ball format where you're going to need somebody to be putting up 15 in a given week. He's got the potential to be scoring two touchdowns in any given game. So I think that's a huge best ball play. 100%. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. 
a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, so we have Eric Crocker on the show today, uh, former New York Jet. I uh, played in the AFL for a little while, and you can find him currently on the Press Coverage Podcast. What is going on, Eric? It's glad to have you on the show, man. Oh, yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. For sure. So, listen, man, you're, you're a cornerback. You, you played – you had some experience in the NFL. Obviously, you played in the AFL. So, and I know you're still doing things. You're still involved. Um, so, we really want to have you on today and just talk some tendencies with defenses. Um, kind of like what quarterbacks you can exploit. Because in fantasy football, you know, a lot of times what we do, what I know myself and Blake do, is we stream. We stream the quarterback position nowadays because there's so many quarterbacks that can get you points. But it really depends on what defense they're playing. So it's very important in fantasy football. Like, we need to know what defenses we can play against. And it changes year to year. Injuries, like, for example, the Atlanta Falcons last year destroyed by injuries and they had to pass the ball a lot it changes their whole game script now this year they're going to be healthy I think they're going to actually be competitive it's a defense we've talked about on this show like as like they might actually be all right this year where everyone thinks they're going to be walked all over so real quick we want to start you off we drafted the Jets defense actually we drafted the Jets defense in our full-time fantasy best ball league Um, you know it's for all the glory in our podcast network did we make the right choice this year? How are the Jets looking this year on defense? They made some upgrades, right? Um, you know, if, okay, so, you know, obviously, I'm a, if people don't know, I'm a 49er fan. And um, I did like a little mock draft. And obviously, uh, you know, uh, Bosa was the obvious pick. Right. But what I had the 49ers taking was Quinn Williams at two. Right. Second round getting a receiver. And then third round getting uh, Polite, right, from Florida. Well, the same the, – those, those uh, you know, uh, Williams in the first, Polite in the third, the Jets actually ended up doing that, right? Right. So, there I feel like, you know, they were on the same page with me there, so they got better there. You pair Quinton Williams, who I think is just as dominant of an interior uh, defender that we've seen come out in I don't know how many years um, as far as, as a prospect. And, and, and then so you pair him with uh, uh, Williams, you know, with Big Leonard Cat Williams. Williams. Yeah, Leonard Williams. And then you also, you know, you got some linebacker help with, uh, you know, they signed Mosley. Uh, you know, I think they have two of the better safeties in the league with May and you have Jamal Adams. So, you know, they have two really good safeties. The cornerback position is a position that's a little to question, I think, out of all of their kind of bigger needs. I know they needed the edge, edge rusher, but right. that, that corner position. Uh, you have Tremaine Johnson, which uh, you know, from everything I read, I didn't really watch a ton of him. He had more of a down year uh, in his first year in, in that defense. I know he had a couple of interceptions. And I know Tremaine. I, I've trained Tremaine. We're both from Stockton, so I don't want to talk to you, but, you know, that's the homie. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I from what I hear, he didn't have as great of a year, you know, as they were expecting, paying him all that money. And then who the hell is opposite him? So I think that's the biggest question marks of the team. You know, how well are the corners going to do? 
but I think they've built the defense, you know, fairly well to be able to compete around them. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point. Like, Tremaine Johnson, for me, uh, is a name, right? Like, that's, that's a name to know. Um, he was great on the Rams for a couple of years. But how quickly the turnaround for cornerbacks these days, uh, you know, you, you have a couple good years, but, like, look at Brandon Carr right? Look at like some of these names that, you know, they have a couple years, they get signed to some money, and then they kind of decline. Um, Tremaine Johnson, kind of in that category. I don't want to like talk about your boy like that, but I'm oh, no, it's cool, it's cool, it's kind cool. of in that category, but he is their best corner. And then you bring up a good point, who's on the other side. So it's going to be tough. But yes, Jamal Adams is an elite safety in the league. Uh, and, you know, CJ Mosley, he still has years left, especially at that middle linebacker position. Uh, I love Quinn and Williams. You know, of course, he got the that infamous sees and then bless me video. I mean, that was, <laughs> just for that alone, like, I just want all of the Jets defense because of that. But, you know, Leonard Williams really has to step up this year. And I think if he does, they'll be all right. Um, he, it, they're really, like you, you brought up, they needed a pass rusher. If he could just be that, they would be all right. I think he'll be fine. I mean, you know, you see, uh, and sometimes it's not just the numbers. Like, if you just look at just pure, like, sack totals, that's not telling the whole story. You know, again, like, you know, watching 49ers um, and DeForest Buckner, in his first year, you know, he jumped out, had a really good rookie year, six and a half sacks. Well, his second year, he only had, like, three sacks. And I felt like his second year might be one of his best years that he's had, even though last year he had 12 sacks, you know. So, right. you know, Williams, you know, sometimes it's not all about the sack numbers, but, you know, just how, you know, how's his – pressure, you know, consistent pressure, how is he versus run, things like that. And, you know, now he has somebody who's equally as good and probably even a better prospect coming out of college than he was. So now they're playing next to each other. I think they should play off each other very well. And that should improve everybody on the D-line. And maybe even free up a guy like Polite, who, I don't know what the hell he was doing this draft season. and It didn't look like he was working out. But if he gets back to what he was doing at Florida, and he's hell off the edge. He's a terrific pass rusher. So um, I, I think they are headed in the right direction. They just need everybody to play together. And May, I, 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 that, that, that safety, man, I don't think he gets enough love. He, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. And so yeah, you, so you, I, have I, him, you, you have Adams is the guy. You right. Adams, we, you know, but, yeah, now he, he's pretty good too. I mean, yeah, definitely. Like when you have an elite player like, like Jamal Adams that can wreck a play, you have some lead way at that other safety spot. Like, just don't mess up. Don't blow your cover. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? So I think they're going to be all right. Um, this, there's definitely – I think, you know, we kind of touched on it, where you can exploit the Jets with some of these wide receivers. I think that that's where their kind of their weakness is. So let's talk – let's kind of bouncing off of that, Eric. Um, what defenses this year can you exploit um, in, in fantasy? What defenses just really – are going to just not have the, the personnel to, to step up to some of these elite receivers and running backs in the NFL? You know, I'll, I'll tell you what, man. There's a, actually, there's a scheme that I feel, especially last year, started to really get ex exposed. Uh, Shanahan kind of started it in the uh, playoff game against Seattle. But that single high kind of buzz cover three type defense, and, I mean, there's a lot of teams running that around the league now. And – it's starting to get exposed. You, you saw Jacksonville take a huge step backward. Um, nice you see time. it not, you know, being great for the 49ers. You see um, even the Vikings, they took a step backward from the year before. 
Um, you know, and they had the same talent on the field. A lot of it has to do with teams really starting to understand exactly how to attack that scheme. And I think more than anything, even, you know, teams that, you know, maybe they don't have the personnel and stuff like that, that scheme is really starting to get exposed. So I look towards those single high cover three based uh, scheme teams. And, and those are the ones that are starting to get a little, little exposed. Okay. So are teams like running that exclusively? That's more of a situational thing, right? Where you would drop into that cover three. So, so Seattle, when they were running it and they were kind of the poster child sport because they were the first ones to kind of bring it. Um, they ran it down there exclusively. They, they, they very rarely ran other coverages and it was, it worked great for them. It, you know, they had everybody on that defense. They worked, they moved as one. I remember even one game, they held Drew Brees at 76 passing yards, like Drew Brees, right. you know? So like they, they moved that one, they damn near ran one coverage all game or I'd say two, but it was kind of the same look. They ran that uh, three uh, cover three buzz look. Um, and then they ran some man off of it and everybody just did their job. So, but these other teams are starting to try to do that. And you might not have the personnel that they had with uh, Sherman in his prime and with, uh, you know, Earl Thomas over the top and Cam Chancellor as the eraser and right. Wagner and KJ. Wright. I mean, we can keep going on and on about all the guys they have on their defense. Um, that's what made it work so well. Other teams are trying to emulate that and they don't have those type of guys and they're busting coverages. Guys aren't really doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Guys aren't really running to the ball, um, you know, drop coverages here and there and guys really not, oh, am I supposed to be the hook player on this or should I do this and that? And that's when it's starting to get exposed. People are challenging the rules of the defense. And I'm seeing that more and more and more. And that's why, uh, you know, I would probably stay away from teams that are running that. And there's a lot of teams that do it. Uh, the Chargers, the Cowboys run a variation of it, but I think the Cowboys more than most teams do a great job of um, just kind of, that, that not being their base defense. They sprinkle it in. They, they run a lot of everything else. They do run some of that single high stuff. And Chris Richard, he was in Seattle for yeah. a lot of that, but he does a great job um, kind of having that defense, but sprinkle, sprinkling in a lot of other stuff and, and making it work. So, yeah, well, that's kind of – It's funny you bring up the Cowboys because I will say, you know, for that cover three and then, you know, great point on the Chargers because I think the Chargers, they rely a lot on their pass rushers. They have – they have, you know, Hayward back there, but they're kind of weak other than that, um, especially last year uh, with injuries. But, you know, that, co that cover three can be exploited. It, what makes up for that, I feel like, is speed. And I think the Cowboys actually have that. And so when I'm talking, I want to bring up, you know, defenses that will actually surprise this year. I think the Cowboys are one of those teams that where you don't really think of them as a good defense, but when you look at their personnel, they're stacked. Oh, man. So the Cowboys, my, my brother's a diehard Cowboy fan. And I watched the Cowboys against the 49ers um, in the last year's preseason game, first preseason game of the season. And I said, whoa, like that's, that's different. How, how those Cowboys defenders are moving, how they're running to the ball, everybody moving fast. I mean, that, that, that was, it jumped out to me. And I had tweeted out, and those Cowboys, they, they might be dangerous because that, that defense, looks elite and then people gave me a hard time about that and really it hurt me to say that because i i just really hate the cowboys but um <laughs> you know I, i'm i'm one of this i'm i'm interested to see if they take the next step 
where they've been hurting is safety play. So yeah. I really – I like Awuzie on the corner. I, I really like Byron Jones probably more than most. Obviously, they have the front four, and, you know, uh, you know they've had a bunch of drug issues with that front four. But um, oh, and then behind them, they got the back they, – they got the linebackers who play extremely well, fast. Sean Lee is kind of – they're phasing him out. But Van Der Esch and and uh, Smith play just as good as anybody in the league. And the, the – that's a, I, I think it's an underrated defense. You know, I, top five defense, just how they play, man. They, they play so fast. The, the Cowboys would be, like, the all-pro front eight of, like, players that have had, like, discipline issues or drug issues. Just, <laughs> I mean, because yeah. you talk about, like, Randy Gregory and these guys that have just, you know, like, David Irving, Randy Gregory. These guys, Rolando McClain, like, all of them have had great, like, flashes and then just – fizzle out because of the drug issues. I mean, if these players were still active and on the Cowboys, that would be scary. That would be yeah. really scary. And every year, my brother, I hear my brother say, oh, well, we're getting this guy back. He's, uh, he, I think he's going to be reinstated. And it's like, <laughs> man, you guys go through this every single year, these guys with these drug issues. Yeah, exactly. That's the frustration. And then, you know, of course, and now you got the Ezekiel Elliott problems too. So that's the frustration of the Cowboys fan. Right. But you bring up Byron Jones, and yes, that's a name you should know. Um, uh, when you're playing the Cowboys, if you have, you know, a wide receiver on your team that's playing the Cowboys, Byron Jones is a big corner, and he actually gives the bigger receivers problems. It's the smaller, quick guys off the lines that, that give Byron Jones problems, like a Stephon Diggs. They, those are the ones that give Byron Jones problems. But the bigger guys, like Michael Thomas, Byron Jones actually does very well against. Um, yeah. And I think that was a big reason for their success last year was they were able to use Jones – in that corner spot, finally, because they brought him to safety after his first year. Um, it didn't work out. Byron Jones was not living up to the hype. But now, last year, they bring him back to the corner. I think he really is. They've got Jalen Smith. They've got speed out there on defense. So that's a great point. Um, Eric, any other defenses that are going to be a surprise this year besides the Cowboys? <sighs> um. I'd say a wild card. I mean, not just because I'm a 49er fan, I don't want to be a homer, but I'm saying if somebody's looking to get somebody late, you know, if there's a, a defense where, okay, I want to load up at these different positions and I kind of want to get a defense um, down the line that could possibly be good. I'm not saying they're going to be good, but possibly <laughs> be good. Um, the 49ers are a team that, that could make that jump. You know, last year they finished, um, you know, in the top 12 and, you know, total yards, but they gave up a ton of points. A lot of that had to do with, one, um, and I'm pretty sure this doesn't help fantasy, they didn't force any turnovers. I, I think the 49ers all year have five takeaways, which right. is, like, amazing and not in a good way. Right. Um, so, you have five takeaways. Uh, but still, 12th in total yards and things like that, they have some places, you know, a ton of injuries, um, a lot of things that they can improve on. But what they do, you know what, we need to address pass rush. So they went, they, 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 uh, they traded for D4 who's one of the top, you know, sack masters in the league. Um, you pair him with uh, DeForest Buckner, another, you know, 12-plus sack guy. And then opposite him, you, you put Nick Bosa. You got him number two in the draft. And it's like, okay, we drafted uh, Fred Warner last year in the third round, who played very well, uh, but nobody's talking about him because, you know, as a whole, you know, 49ers is bad. So it's like, why are we going to talk about this third-round pick that the 49ers drafted? But Warner played very well. And what they do, they went out and they got – uh, Quan Alexander, who's a pro bowler, to play next to him. Um, 
So they're doing things to add to that defense where I think, you know, if they can just be fairly healthy, um, they have the guys that will allow them to take that next step, start getting some pressure, start forcing some turnovers. They added Joe Joe Woods from the Broncos to kind of help him come be, be a pass game specialist. So they're kind of changing some things up with the defense and not being so much a single high uh, safety team. So there are some changes, and it seems like for the good, that might be a sleeper defense uh, down the line that, you know, if you if you can kind of afford the weight to draft a defense or maybe it's just your second defense that you keep on the bench, that could be a good team. Well, what's important every week in fantasy is streaming the position. So if the 49ers are going up, let's say the Dolphins, and they got Josh Rosen out there uh, and he's not playing well, and we know that, that's something we can see on the schedule and say, oh, the 49ers are playing the Dolphins. Let me start them. Um, and they might just surprise and get like 10 or 12 points, which, which is really all you need. Uh, right. The five turnovers last year, that's, that's problematic for sure. You definitely want more of them. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, Jimmy G being back is going to help all of that because they'll be on the right. field hopefully a little bit longer. Um, so that will all come into play. And even just having your starting quarterback back will help your defense. In the yeah, long just time. for morale purposes, you know. Right. Because yeah. that, with, with that first year with Jimmy G, you saw not just the offensive numbers go up, but the defensive numbers as well. You know, when he started those last uh, five, five games, uh, the offense consistently moved the ball down the field. They're scoring points. They had like the highest um, yards per drive, highest points per drive in his five starts. Well, all that's doing is helping the defense stay off of the field and improving, you know, on their numbers. And then when other teams were getting the ball back, they had to press a little bit because the 49ers offense was putting pressure on them. So, um, you know, hopefully having him back, he got off to a rough start last year. But, uh, you know, obviously we think that, you know, he can take that next step. All right, cool. So we've talked about defense. Let's flip it real quick. Let's talk about offense. Blake, I know you have a couple wide receivers in mind that you wanted to talk about. Um, so I'll, I'll lobby this up to you, Blake, to ask Eric uh, about the wide receivers. All right, so which wide receivers are a tough matchup for DBs that you might not think about right away? So we're talking about guys not like Hopkins, Julio, AB, guys like that. You know, um, I, I asked on my on my podcast account, you know, who is the most underrated receiver. And I think a guy that kind of like slips through the cracks a little bit is T.Y. Hilton. Mm. And, you know, for whatever reason, he doesn't get talked about a lot. Uh, I went back and watched a bunch of his film um, the last couple of days. And, you know, I think when we think of him, we think of him as just a speed guy. But he's actually a speed guy and he gives you that p uh, possession aspect, too. They do a lot of stuff with him out of the slot, finding open areas, getting catches. Um, he was almost a safety blanket for Andrew Luck. So I think as long as Andrew Luck is healthy, I think T.Y. is going to have a, a, a big year, and he might be somebody who you don't have to take in those first, you know, three, four rounds, be able to get him a little bit later um, than some of the other high-flying receivers that might go off the board. He, he's kind of a, a sleeper. And, again, you know, he talked about Byron Jones having trouble with those, you know, smaller, quicker, shiftier receivers. That's T.Y. Hilton. Yes, I got it. I got one more part here for you. If you're going up against these two guys, Deshaun Jackson or Larry Fitzgerald, which one are you going to want? Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitz. Without a doubt, yeah. <laughs> Not quick uh, enough for D-Jax? Yeah, D-Jack, man, it's, speed is tough, man. It, it throws a lot of your technique out the window. You just end up kind of like chasing. You're just kind of running and it's like, okay, I hope I have to be able to stay, you know, step for step with this guy where as a Larry Fitzgerald, 
the thing I'm worried about most is when the quarterback, you know, puts it up, can I just knock the ball away? I'm not worried about separation. I know I'm going to be there to make the play. Now I'll just make the play. D-Jack, you know, one false step, and it could be six on the board, no matter where you are on the field. So that that's scary. <laughs> so with a Larry Fitzgerald, you would probably be more worried about the accuracy of the quarterback. Like if it's an Aaron Rodgers, yes. they the ball in the pocket. Back shoulders, right. um, you know, putting it up high in a way to where it's kind of tougher for me to get to, those type of things. But I'm not worried about him beating me over the top. I'm not really worried about him beating me off the line of scrimmage. It's more so of, okay, just do I have an idea of what's coming? And, you know, how am I going to play him on this time? Are they going to try to throw the back shoulder? And he, he's great. I mean, he's a, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's been amazing at um, making those tough contested catches over his career. So I'm not taking anything away from him. But if I had to choose one, it definitely would be Larry Fitzgerald, especially at this point in his career, over Deshaun Jackson. You know, I love that you brought up T.Y. Hilton because uh, I brought this up on the hot take, Blake. Uh, you know, sometimes our perception of these players is one thing, but they're actually more than that. Like last year, going into the season, I was looking at Tyree Kill, and I think the main thing on him was, okay, yeah, he's boom or bust because he's a deep threat or, like, he's just not going to get the yardage. But when you look into somebody like Tyree Kill, he actually was a safety blanket for a little while, especially with Alex Smith. I mean, Alex Smith was doing the dink and duck. And he did that with Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill actually was a possession receiver for him. Uh, so the same thing with T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, he can take the lid off of the defense, but he's also can be underneath and run that dig route. I mean, he's more of the, the quick route hitch, and that speed will make any corner bite and have to honor it. You know what I mean? So that really sets up the dig and the slant and everything else for T.Y. So it's good to look into these routes that the, the receivers are running and, you know, how valuable they are underneath as well as over the top. Somebody that kind of fits that bill for me is Stefan Diggs. So, all, you know, you talk about Odell, you talk about Julio, um, A.B., those are all the elite guys, D-Hop, of course, uh, Michael Thomas. I think Stefan Diggs is Mike right. Evans, too. Michael Thomas, you said Mike Thomas? No, I said Mike Evans. Mike Evans, no, Mike Evans is great. And my thing is, I think there's a, that's just a different type of wide receiver than Stefan Diggs. Like, yes. right. So for me, like when I think of that pure receiver, that next one on the list, it's Stefan Diggs as far as the route running, the agility, uh, the yak, you know, all that. that. That I'm talking about, like he would be the next in line and then like maybe Juju Smith-Schuster as far as just the pure route running, um, separation, that kind of thing. Um, and so, you know, Stefan Diggs had his first thousand yard season last year. Um, I still think he's ascending in this league. So it's someone to look at as, man, like this guy has just superior talent. And when you think about his draft position in, in fantasy drafts this year, he's going in like the fourth round. It's a great value for somebody like Stefan Diggs. Uh, but I like my, Mike Evans too. I mean, Blake, you know, I love Mike Evans, man. I love me some Mike Evans. Yeah, we I've can't go like with two people. days without talking about him. But. <laughs> I, I've been arguing with people over Mike Evans for like the last – few days it seems like if you look at my account right now and I, I just I, I don't understand where you know it's like this is the dude who doesn't know from week to week who his quarterback is going to be is right. it going to be Fitzmagic is it going to be Jameis Winston you know he doesn't know who his quarterback is going to be yet he consistently puts up these crazy numbers I mean he just had 1500 yards who's his offensive coordinator like we don't know you know he's been playing for like more of a defensive uh, minded head coach and 
You know, he has other guys who are doing well with Deshaun Jackson, and then you have Godwin. But this dude just had 1,500 yards. He's going over 1,000 yards every year of his career. And for whatever reason, he just gets so slept on. And I hear, you know, well, he's not better than this guy, that guy. But it's like, if you put him in some of these offenses with these other quarterbacks that these guys, you know, like a, a Michael Thomas has, oh, man. I mean, this dude's average, you know, it's like he would go crazy. Right. You know, he, he had – 40 less catches than Michael Thomas, but still over 100 more yards, you know, 17.7 yards per catch. And it's like, you know, he's not playing with the most accurate quarterbacks. He, he doesn't know what he's going to get from Jameis Winston from week to week or, you know, Fitzpatrick, if they're going to throw five interceptions or if they're going to throw for three touchdowns, you know. So as a receiver right there where, you know, it, 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 I, I think now he finally has a Bruce Arians, and I think you might really start to see – you know, I mean, he just had 1,500 yards. I wouldn't be surprised if he even does a little bit better than that with Bruce Arians as his head coach. Oh, that's a hot take, Eric. I like that. You know you're on the Hot Take podcast, so all bets yeah. are off. So are you saying if the over-under is 14.99, are you going over? For I'm going guess? over. And I, I, I believe that he is a top five receiver talent in the league. I think he gets overlooked. I I, I – Someone told me it's because of the market that he plays in and who he has throwing him the ball. But he's a top five receiver. If you just watch him, I did a lot of studying with him, the matchups with Marshawn Lattimore and some other guys. He destroys guys. And he did, he demands a double team. And even then, on a bad game, you know, where he got doubled, he still had four catches for 90 yards. So it's right. like, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, he's going to give you all those yards and things like that. If Jameis Winston can take that next step, in the offense with Bruce Arians, then you'll see Mike Evans produce even more. And and it's going to be good because he has Chris Godwin on the opposite side of him, who also is, you know, getting better. He's developing very nicely. So um, Mike Evans, to me, he's a top five receiver. Um, he might even have a higher, you know, season than that. And and I think I've started to look into it more just because of the disrespect I feel he's getting on the largest list. Yeah, I mean, has go ahead, go ahead, Blake. Yeah, his career his career catch percentage is only at 55%. But you look at the tape and you look at his skill, he can get all those jump balls, you know, elite receiver. So if Jameis can have better accuracy, you're going to see that catch percentage go way up. It went up right. to 62% last year, and that's why he saw the yardage go up so much. So if Jameis Winston can just find his groove and stay accurate, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be in for a huge season. I don't think – it's definitely a hot take, but I don't think it's too crazy to say well over 1,500 this year. Yeah, I mean, right, maybe, right. maybe it's a catch percentage that if it stays in the 60s, uh, that's what he needs to stay in that 1,500 range. You know, he doesn't have Drew Brees throwing him the ball. You know, right. he doesn't have yeah, Aaron Rodgers like Devontae Adams. And I right. like I like Devontae Adams, but he doesn't have an Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. Right. You know, he doesn't have Drew Brees throwing him the ball where, oh, man, I know the ball is going to be on this spot and the quarterback is going to throw it here. I mean, Winston throws passes and is like, man, where the hell – <laughs> what the hell was he doing? Like, what was he – like, he's not even in the vicinity of me. But that right. still counts as a target towards him. You sure. know, so, yeah, that's my guy who I think um, – yeah, he, he's going to – he's going to surprise other people. He's not going to surprise me. I think he's going to do well. I'd say over 1,500 yards. Touchdowns numbers, I think his touchdowns will go up. A few years ago, he had 12 touchdowns. I think he's going to be – hover around that number again. I love it. I love it, man. Yeah, we're big fans of Mike Evans, so we love to hear that. Eric, man, thank you so much for being on the show, bro. Um, tell everybody where they can find you and then what you have coming up for them on the Press Coverage Podcast. 
Oh yeah, um, you guys can find me. Uh, my main account is at Eric underscore Crocker. Um, you know, I talk about football all the time. Just not, I just love football. Uh, and then I have a, the press coverage podcast, which I started in April, and it, it's been doing well, man. It's getting bigger and bigger. Um, I say in the last, what, I mean, I've only had it for two, three months now, and you know, it's pushing uh, close to four thousand followers. And and um, I, I talk about the followers because uh, to me, that just lets me know I'm doing something right with it as far as the things I'm talking about. It's all receivers and DB um, based stuff where, you know, I show clips, highlights, do a lot of coaching points. I end up having like a lot of coaches um, retweet things and say, man, thank you. I've been telling my kids about this and, you know, they're not listening. Hopefully this will help them and they're tagging all their players. So, man, it's been like great being able to kind of interact with everybody and the way I've kind of been doing it. So, yeah, make sure you guys follow uh, Press Coverage Podcast uh, Twitter account. Awesome, man. Blake, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, tell everybody where they can find Draft Pros and what you got coming up on FSGN. Yeah, go over to the FSGN.com. Check out the Draft Pros. Uh, also, the big tournament's coming up soon, so stay tuned to the Hot Take Podcast for more announcements. Hopefully, within two weeks, I'm going to have everything set up and ready to go. And we might be on a new host this year, so it's going to be kind of interesting. Awesome, man. Yeah, and uh, – I will be at uh, Canton, Ohio for the uh, Midwest Fantasy Football Expo in August. We will be at the FFWC in Vegas, the hot take representing. Uh, so more details to come on that. Uh, on behalf of Blake Sullivan, my name is Stephen Brody. This is the Hot Take Podcast.